Hello and welcome. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia, and we are on episode 45. 45. What? That's an inside joke that one other person will get. Uh, I'm Justin Lamb, your host. I will always be here for you to cherish these times we have together in sickness and in health for drunker or for drunker. That last part was a language you might not understand. Let's move along. Uh, it should be a great show today. Like I said, should be. Like, don't get your expectations too high. We had a plan and it just went. So I don't know why I said should be. It will be a great show today. <laughs> uh, the, we have some wonderful Halloween themed beer. We have a 90s horror movie. What could go wrong? Uh, as far as the beer goes, I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Lots of peas there. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I was in there for my sister-in-law's wedding. You may remember her and her now husband from last year's Home Alone Hanson episode. Or you might not. The world is a crazy place. But I was there for their wedding, so I thought, hey, Pittsburgh beer, let's try it out found something it was delicious i drank that with my buddy ryan who you will probably hear from shortly here and then when i got home i promptly watched one of uh god there's got to be uh what's eight times something divided by what probably 500 movies on this list i posted a list online um under my normal facebook account though when i get off here i will post it under my beers in 90s facebook account but it is a list of every horror movie from the 90s so uh nothing i will get through in one month or maybe even one year but there's some good selections on there and some really terrible ones and i think i might up the episode count this month just so we can go through some just really bad really bad uh, horror movies that came out of the 90s in series too we're not just talking about one-offs there's a lot of series um except for the first one all the child's play movies came out of the 90s um well okay so child's play the first one was 89 i think and then you got child's play 2 child's play 3 and bride of chucky were all in the 90s um the this weird does anybody out there please message me if you know this i'm so i'm so intrigued by this there is a series of movies called Witchcraft. Witchcraft came out in 89, and then throughout the 90s it had 10 sequels. Witchcraft 10 was like in 99, I think. And they're still fucking making them. And I'm pretty sure it's just softcore porn at this port. Porn? Porn at port. Uh, but still, that's crazy. They're on like 17 or something. It's nuts. They put out like one a year for the last... 17, 18 years, and no one's heard of them. It's very strange. Um, oh, what else do we have? All the Leprechaun movies. Leprechaun 1 through 4 all came out in the 90s. That's a great series to watch. And then just dozens and dozens of terrible, terrible, terrible movies. Um, which, if you're like me, I know this is like a, a niche thing, but I love watching really bad horror movies that weren't done to be bad. They were just done and really are bad um super entertaining to watch that's not one of the ones i'm watching tonight one of the ones i'm watching tonight is one that i really enjoyed when i was a kid and i rewatched it and i'd held up and we'll get to that after we do a little 
beer segment from location of Pittsburgh. So let's jump into that now. We'll hear about the beer, then we'll hear about a movie, and then we'll hear about the end of the show. I think that's the sequence things going. All right, let's do this. This is the beer segment, which is normally fil- or filmed. It's not filmed. It's uh, <laughs> normally recorded alongside everything else. But we are on location in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, it is my sister-in-law's wedding today. So if all things go well today, let this be a wonderful memory you can go back to on the internet and listen to always. If things go awry, remember when it was all calm earlier in the day right now? Yes. <laughs> uh, so we have a Pennsylvania beer today. And... It's a Western Pennsylvania stout from Full Pint Brewing Company. It's called Night of the Living Stouts. we got a nice Halloween theme going. I appreciate any bottle that has a picture of a zombie on the front. Uh, but I was just talking. I'm here with my friend Ryan Carroll. Hi, Ryan. How's it going, Justin? <laughs> Went to Ryan's wedding last weekend. Yes. Yeah, wedding bliss. Wedding after wedding. <laughs> yeah. After wedding. Um, so wedding it, season, it right? Is, wedding <laughs> season. In October. Technically, right? Still. <laughs> How long does wedding season go? I'm not sure. We'd have to ask the crashers, right? Um, I'm so confused by this. So I was just talking to Ryan about this. Night of the Living Stout is 7% alcohol, which whatever, that's fine. But it has 110 IBUs. So Ryan said, what does that mean? So I'm going to tell you because we'll keep it on the podcast. Everyone can learn something. Uh, and this is the most common question I have from anybody that, that I'm drinking with. IBUs as international bitterness units, mm. or bitter units. You know what? I don't have to know all the words. Um, <laughs> but so typically like in IPAs, you see a higher IBU because the hops make it. Uh, that's where you get that bitterness from the hops, higher IBU. A stout is typically going to have a lower IBU because it's not going to be bitter like a, a hoppy beer. Um, I did notice this does use Cascade hops in it. And the IBU is 110, which is off the charts. <laughs> Uh, and usually those are like fictional IBUs. So do you, you do you know Humalupalicious? Yes. IPA? Yes, I do. So that's 96 IBUs. And if you know anything about that beer, if you remember anything, it's super hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that makes sense. This I'm confused by. So I'm going to give this a, a pour and a, and a try. It's a stout, so I don't know. I guess I would describe the color as fucking black. Um, oh, it smells really good, though. It's tasty. I'm so confused by this. And there's a, a whopping fucking head on both of these. Mm-hmm. I don't take credit for that then. I, I think it's the beer's <laughs> fault. But let's see if I can drink some It does some smell of delicious. I don't know. Wow, I sure. For 110, it doesn't taste like 110. I get a little bit over the back of my throat when I swallow it. That's what she said. But. No, I don't. I don't think so either. It's like a jokey number. Over a hundred is always crazy. I, I guess it's not like hoppy bitterness, but I guess that is a little bitterness. No, which is good to me though, because I'm I'm not a fan of an overly hoppy beer. So this is pretty good. 
Yeah, not too shabby. There's a lot of uh, beers to choose from in Pennsylvania. I was out at a bar last night that had this beer on tap I'm going to tell you about because if you are in Pennsylvania, go find it. It might be terrible, but I hope to drink it before the day is over. I didn't get it last night because I'm a moron. But it is called something that I didn't write down, but <laughs> I thought I wrote it down. It was, uh, but it's like a maple pecan imperial stout, uh, and it's some Pittsburgh brewery. I can't remember now. But if you look up maple pecan imperial brown, no, it's imperial brown ale. That's why I wanted to try it. I like maple and pecan flavors in a brown ale. But uh, this is delicious, and as you all know on the show, I'm mm-hmm. drinking like once a week, so 7%. This should be a pretty exciting beer for me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and we'll get on to the main subject. Who knows what it is, because I haven't recorded the episode yet, but I wanted to get the beer in while we're in Pittsburgh. And Ryan's super entertained yeah, by it. very good. <laughs> it is quite delicious. Ryan's reading the bottle and getting sad about his delayed Michigan game. Oh. Uh. You know, I didn't get to watch last week, and now a storm is about to ruin my. Uh, my For the Saturday record, we watching. watched half the game at, <laughs> at, his at the wedding. wedding on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is really a must. <laughs> you know, when it's that close, and you have access, yeah. thank God for streaming. Yeah, you know, you got to watch. And in the case mm. of the podcast, I guess you know you're loving it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now the head has gone down. You can yeah, now I'm starting to be disappointed that we only have two. Do we only have two or do we no. have more? There's a there's more. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess um, we have to make the decision on how we want to show up to the wedding later. Remember, this is all coming from the guy who's drinking a 12-pack of Yingling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yingling is not a modern beer, so I'll never talk about it. But uh, Quite delicious. Yeah, it's a go-to. Yeah. <coughs> you know, if you're out of Michigan... England's a little treat. Yeah, because you can't get in Michigan, yeah. you bastards. You don't live that far away. You're distributing sons of bitches. But that's about it. I'm coughing out or something. I'm just out of my throat. Oh, goodbye. Today we are talking about The Relic. Yes, The Relic. The Relic came out in early 1997. It was supposed to come out in 96, but in the mid-90s, CGI was very tricky and set the movie back uh, quite a ways, if I remember correctly. But The Relic is, is, let's see, basically this anthropologist from the Museum of Natural History in Chicago goes to Brazil he drinks some weird liquid from some tribal people that they brew up as he's doing his research and then sends back some crates of stuff to the Chicago Museum, though he goes missing or is presumed dead. Um, all the people on the shipping ship, cargo ship, uh, that the crates were on, all them show up dead. And then this thing, this creature, this lizard like uh weird not you know i'll I'll say this good for them setting back their movie for cgi because cgi in this was actually pretty pretty impressive 
especially for then. Like, I look at this. This is the time when, like, the prequels uh, were getting made. And they did those damn re-released Star Wars movies. And, like, that terrible job of the hut scene. The CGI in this movie was better than the CGI added scenes in Star Wars. You can fight me on that, but go watch Relic first, because I really think it is. The close-ups and stuff they have of the creature, it's pretty impressive, because that could easily be a costume. And I'm sure sometimes it was, but pretty good. The tongue. There's a scene where its tongue comes out that is very clearly CGI. But Penelope Ann Miller, I believe I'm saying her name correctly. That was a burp, in case you missed that. Uh, Penelope Ann Miller is the star. Her and Tom Sizemore, she plays uh, another... Uh, scientist in the museum and Tom Sizemore is a lieutenant but she, uh, Penelope Ann Miller plays it up with that CGI tongue I'll tell you what, not like that guys, don't get pervy but so he sends some crates back from Brazil and uh, lo and behold these crates have leaves in them that have these eggs on them and that have these hormones in them and the creature apparently needs these hormones from these eggs to live but you can find the hormones in the hypothalamus hypothalamus inside the brain so the creature goes around uh, decapitating people and eating their hypothalamus because i mean that makes sense right who why else who else who else why else there are some uh, pretty great 90s stars on there the late james whitmore is another uh, old scientist in there uh, Linda Hunt, if you look her up, you will know her immediately. She's a very distinct old lady, super short, with an attitude. I think she was on one of those CSI shows at one point. Um, good stuff, though. Lot, good stuff. So the movie holds up. Um, the action's good. The, the suspense is good. The writing's good. So here's my thing with horror movies. Um, and this, this could be like a sci-fi movie, too but it's as bloody and shocking as a horror, so it's often lumped into the horror genre, which is why it was on my list of horror movies from the 90s. But I like a, I like a horror movie... Like, I like a lot of movies that are ridiculous, like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, but I like a horror movie that has a level of realism in it, like a, well, this could happen, and anytime you mess with uh, evolution and genetics, I think that is this... Ooh, I hit the microphone out of excitement. My hands are now waving around as I talk. But I think that adds this level of this could happen. Like, there's possibilities there. Even today, uh, 21 years later, after this film was made, like, those areas of science are still uh, hypotheses. And people are still coming up with their questions. And, and we have more questions than we have answers. And we're constantly discovering new stuff. So... If you add that as like a, a cause to all the mayhem inside a horror movie, I'm in. I'm in on it because I like that. I like the idea that it could happen. That's why like Scream is always so great because Scream is Scream's just people killing people. And it's it's scary as hell. But you give me something like Nightmare on Elm Street, like no, I don't think some supercharred old man is going to come out of my dreams and murder all my friends. Like that. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think uh, werewolves are going to come to my back door in the middle of the night. There's When you add the supernatural, they can be super entertaining. They can be done really well, but it, I, I don't buy it, so it's not, it's not the best for me. But 
you know, uh, whatever. But there's, I felt, I don't know how to take this. Uh, maybe we have some anthropologist somewhere or someone that can tell me. The beginning scene of this, when he is in Brazil and the tribe is making the little soup for him to drink, uh, the guy who sends back everything. And, uh, spoiler alert, I'll tell you that right now. If you're going to watch it, here's a spoiler alert. Skip ahead 30 seconds. I'm looking at the clock right now. Skip ahead 30 seconds right now. Okay, so the guy who drinks the soup or whatever they make, the tea in Brazil and sends back the packages, he's the one that actually like morphs into this creature and evolves into this like lizard brain-eating psycho creature. And they discover that like, you know, in the last 10 minutes of the movie. So if you didn't fast forward, sorry, I fucked it up for you. But 30 seconds is coming up in about three seconds, two, one, and we're back. I hope you hit 30 second fast forward if you hadn't seen Relic, and if you didn't, I hope I didn't spoil it for you. Uh, that was just the conclusion anyway. The action in the middle is what counts, right? Am I right? So they're making this tea, and but they uh, they have this, this tribe dressed up in like what I can only describe as like stereotypical Pocahontas American Indian garb and maybe maybe I missed something and that's wrong I would think something like this would be more accurate with that uh, it didn't look to me like a Brazilian tribal people but I'm not a Brazilian tribal people expert and I know there's plenty of people that listen to this podcast that are just kidding it probably isn't but one thing you should know uh, the Relic is based on a book called Relic, and the book has actually many sequels. I don't think this movie did any sequels, but I would totally watch it if they did. Tell you what, I would do it, but they didn't. Um, but the, the book did, and there were a lot of people that weren't a fan of the movie because they liked the book so much. I've only run into this once um, because I don't read a lot of books that get made into movies. And I don't read a lot of books in general, but they like combine a couple characters to make one character uh, and things like that, as they do when they put books into movies. And, so, and it was originally supposed to take place in the New York uh, Natural History Museum, but they thought it made the museum staff like look incompetent and mean and terrible, so they didn't want to do it there. And when a seven-figure offer was put in to the Chicago Natural History Museum... Chicago Natural History Museum was like, yeah, you can do that here. Absolutely. I'd be curious to actually see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff on that, because they tear that shit apart. I've been to that museum. It doesn't look like there's a monster going through there. Who knew? Who knew? Nobody did. I'm going to burp, guys. I can feel it. It's driving me crazy. See? There it was. I told you. I hope you listen to that on repeat because it burped for you so anywho all the while that this crap's going on at the museum um, and they're investigating the first murder at the museum and they want to close the museum down until further notice because there might be a killer inside because apparently there's no good accurate blueprints to this museum that's, that's one of the things that's a little crazy and I've never been behind the scenes of a museum but they make this shit look like uh, 
the labyrinth come to life. Like you cannot find, there's so many levels. These little kids go down these metal staircases for what looks like 20 floors. Have you seen the museum in Chicago? It's not 20 floors. And it sure as shit doesn't have like 16 floors of basements. I don't think. Like I said, I've never been in the back room of a museum, but that seems excessive. Uh, the lab levels are crazy, giant, and secure. And I guess that might be true, too. Um, there's a lot of off-limits areas in the museum, but, like, those buildings are only so big, right? Is that all underground? Someone work in a museum? Can someone text me or, or message me at beers in 90s and tell me? I'm so confused by this. That's one thing about this. Like, And then they get down in the sewers, and I was like, what level do the sewers finally kick in? That's very confusing. But anyway, so they're trying to catch this, this what they think is a serial killer at first. And they want to shut down the museum, but the museum is having a grand, spectacular exhibit opening the next night. Timing is everything, folks. Go write a book and a movie. And the the exhibit is a superstitions exhibit. So the, you, you walk underneath ladders and black cats cross your path and there's broken mirrors and, you know, they play into everyone's superstitions. And that all branches into the main um, creature in the story, because the creature comes from the tribe who believes this lizard-like creature is a god that punishes everybody, uh, or like Satan incarnate, apparently. And that's how that all ties together. But for the big gala for the exhibit opening, uh, obviously the mayor's there, because why wouldn't he be? And then a bunch of other super important and rich people and everybody's trying to get grants. So the scientists that like are antagonist and protagonist, protagonist, I'm a, why am I so bad at that? Our protagonist is uh, trying to get a grant and that she's excited for the gala, but then she's discovering all this new stuff from this shipment from the Brazil tribe soup makers. And then all of a sudden, you know, creatures, well, creature, it's singular. There's just one. Uh, I will say finale scene involves a lot of fire and that looks pretty sweet and all in all I mean it holds up really well and you see some people that you kind of forgot about acting Tom Sizemore has been in a number of things Penelope Ann Miller has been in a bunch of stuff um, a lot of 90s stuff and then right up right up until today like she has a pretty vast film career and just I want to name some of the stuff that she was in in the 90s because I don't... Like, her face looks familiar. You know what I'm talking about? Those people. Her face looks familiar, but I can't put together, like, who she is. Uh, Kindergarten Cop. She was Joyce, who I believe is the mom in Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten... 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 She was in Carlito's Way. She was in The Shadow, which is that Alec Baldwin, like, superhero movie, which I totally have to rewatch and forgot about that until... I was looking up uh, Penelope Ann Miller, so that's exciting. And she was just in a bunch of stuff. And then she just continues to work and is in a bunch of stuff now. And I gotta look that up now, too, because I want to see if she's, like, changed what she looks like. Because you can never recognize half these people. The 90s were a certain time for hairstyles and fashion, and people look completely different now. It's crazy. It's crazy, people. Tom Sizemore, you might know him from Saving Private Ryan. He was a sergeant. Uh, he was in Heat in 95. Nothing wrong with that, but he's another guy who's uh, just continued to work uh, pretty consistently right up until today. So, 
there's some good people in here that you don't really think about. Uh, one of the security guards in the booth. Oh, I can't remember his name, but he's uh, he's been in a billion different things. And he's always funny. Oh, I know he was in Four Rooms. That's another movie. Guys, there's too many movies in the 90s. Too many movies. I keep thinking, oh, I gotta do a music episode. But then I remember there's four billion movies that I really like watching. We'll do a music episode, though. Me and my buddy Billy recorded a pop punk episode. Talked about some MXPX. It was good times. And then my computer broke the whole episode. So we still have to re-record that. And that was months ago. But go see The Relic. Don't go see it. Uh, stream it. It's on Amazon Prime right now. If you have a Prime member, you can watch it for free. Uh, as, <laughs> so is the entire Witchcraft series from the first movie in 89 right up until the most recent one in like 2017. I really want to have a 10 movie marathon and watch the first 10 so I cover all the ones from the 90s and then talk about how horrible they are. Um, Wikipedia says numbers like three through eight are just porn. So we'll see how that pans out. Uh, the Relic is a great one-off, though. I know there's a lot of ones that snuck in and snuck out. If you see the the cover of it, you might remember it, especially if you're one of those guys that spent a lot of time sifting through the blockbuster horror movie section um, or the new release section back in 97. You might have seen it there. So check it out. It's a fun one. It totally holds up, which is nice, because even though I mentioned, like, 90s wardrobe and stuff, like, it's not loud. Everything is is very dull. Uh, There's, you know, as far as coloring and everything, so it holds up pretty well, and you can watch it without being distracted by uh, the time period that it's being made in. And still has some, like, jumpy moments, if you're into that sort of thing. And the CGI, like I said, surprisingly well. Pretty, pretty nuts. Another one that was made as a... It says it was made as a horror comedy, but I you always wonder that. You're always like, are you sure you guys didn't make this? And then watch it and go, oh god, this is hilarious because it's so bad. Uh, is Jack Frost. Not the lovable uh, Michael Keaton movie from the 90s, but the serial killer snowman movie from the 90s where Shannon Elizabeth gets murdered in a bathtub and the carrot nose does something I'm not going to talk about right now. It's a fucking crazy movie, guys, but that's also for free on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, it is October. It is the time for scary movies, and don't get me wrong. I know there's a lot of like great non-scary Halloween movies out there. My wife lives and dies by Hocus Pocus. I'm sure we'll end up talking about that, but we gotta gotta see some of these. And like I said, I'll post to the. It's a PDF file, and it's it's actually on JustinLamMusic.com in the blog section if you want to check out. Yeah, just do that. Go to justinlandmusic.com. Go to the blog section. It's the only, it's the last post on there because I never post on there, but I threw it up there so I could kind of host the PDF file. So go check it out. I have two versions, one sorted by title, one sorted by year. Uh, it's nuts, the movies that came out in the 90s, and there's some horror movie gems. And that's my favorite. That's my wheelhouse. So go check it out. I'll talk to you next week. Or sooner, because I just want to keep doing episodes on horror movies. And we'll keep this train rolling. Chugga, chugga, choo-choo. Cool? Cool. Okay. I should probably close the show. I was still talking about the relic. I'll close it after this song. In my-
All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you to everyone who hosted a great time in Pittsburgh and uh, Pittsburgh beer. So far, so good. I've got a few more in my house now that I'm going to try throughout the next however long. And uh, thank you to The Relic. Great movie. Held up well. And thank you to all the other 90s horror movies. I love you so much. Uh, we got some great teen horror movies coming up. My wife wants to do an episode for Disturbing Behavior and the faculty and teaching Mrs. Tingle and all these wonderful, wonderful movies. Um, and those are coming. So keep on listening. I appreciate it, guys. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And Facebook. Fuck it. Do all three, guys. Uh, at Beers and 90s. Maybe I'll open a Pinterest account for no god reason. Um, B-E-E-R-S-N something 429. That's not my screen name. You want to follow Beers and 90s, which is B-E-E-R-S-A-N-D-9-0-S. Uh, thank you so much. This is episode 45, 46 coming at you next. Keep your pants on. Keep on listening. Tell a friend, like, follow, subscribe, high five me when you see me. I'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. Whoa.